0: You've just tuned into Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Welcome back to Beyond Your Past. I'm your host, Matt Pappas, Certified Life Transition and Recovery Coach, and this podcast is all about helping you move forward from what holds you back. Each week, you'll hear from coaches, clinicians, and advocates who've overcome tremendous odds and are now using their journey to inspire you throughout yours. This is your place to feel validated and encouraged as you take your life back and live free from your past. Are you ready? Let's do this. Today, I'm stoked to welcome in Dr. Baker to the show. She is a clinical psychologist based in California and works with individuals, families, youth, veterans, and first responders in areas such as anxiety and panic, Relationship issues, self criticism, trauma recovery, PTSD, and more. She is also the creator and host of the Go Friend Yourself podcast, which you can find on iTunes, Google Play, and other great platforms. I can tell you that her podcast is excellent, and she presents her show in a way that is easy to listen to and very informative, as she shares insight, tips, and strategies that we can use every day as we strive to accept and love ourselves for who we truly are. So without further delay, thank you, Dr. Baker, for joining us. How are you?
1: I'm wonderful. I'm so excited to be on your podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, the love is mutual because your podcast is amazing, and I'm so grateful for what you do for everyone. So I'm truly honored to be a guest.
0: Thank you so much, and the honor is, is indeed all mine. Let's see. You and I connected originally. I think it was on Twitter, right? Like a while back, early, earlier in 2017.
1: I think that's where I'm finding every everyone lately. <laughs> yes, I was. Thinking, yeah, absolutely. Definitely picking your brain asking because you're so seasoned in this and I was thinking about starting and I remember you're so generous to lend your time and let me call you and talk your ear off for about an hour when I was considering starting the podcast and you gave me a lot of great information. So, yeah, that's how it started.
0: Absolutely. Yep. And your your podcast is taking off. It's incredible. I definitely subscribe and I check out every show and I encourage everybody else to Here's listening to uh, check out your podcast. It's just it, it's jam packed. It's it's very easy to listen to, very easy to digest, and uh, it's stuff that you can use every single day in your life. Um, so, absolutely, I'm excited. So let's kind of jump right into it. And I thought we would talk today about something that so many struggle with, not only trauma survivors, but so many people in general. And that's the struggle to accept yourself, to love yourself, and how you you can actually get to a point of being able to do that. So. Why don't we start out a little bit and you can share exactly what does it mean to uh, accept yourself and to love yourself?
1: I think that's a, a big question, an important question. And I think that there's no one answer where it's like you've arrived and, and this is it. I think it's more of a journey and a process. Um, I noticed I had issues with working on my self-acceptance after moving around so much, trying to fit in, trying to project what I thought people would want to see And so I've struggled with this personally. I think a lot of us feel like we have to wear a mask or present something to be liked or worthy or lovable based on what experiences we've had when we're younger. And then I noticed that with clients, a lot of times, you know, there was that struggle to take care of themselves and have compassion and be curious with themselves versus really hard on themselves as a way to change. And it really hit home. I actually watched a a little TED Talk of a video. It's like, five minutes to understand your life purpose. And I thought, well, I know my life purpose. I'm a psychologist. I love what I do. Maybe this will help clients. And I realized the core of what I was doing was not necessarily just cognitive behavioral therapy or mindfulness. It was really helping people realize and give themselves permission they deserve to care for themselves, to to accept all of themselves, not just the parts they feel are okay or safe to present to the public and to give themselves that love and care and compassion that they so freely give to others typically.
0: Yeah, you are so exactly right. And I know for me personally, I've struggled with that for a very, very long time, especially being a trauma survivor, just figuring out why I put on this mask every day of, you know, putting on a facade of what I think people should see or what I want them to see or what I think they want to see. And then trying to understand how, you know, that's not healthy and Getting to a point of actually accepting who I am, no matter what that is, and being okay with it was, is just really, it's a life-changing experience. And it's certainly not easy. I mean, for me, it seems to be an ongoing journey that can kind of change on like a daily basis, right? I mean, at least for me, it does sometimes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the tough thing is if you've been through trauma in particular, or most of us in general, we like predictability, we like to feel in control, and we can be really prone to black and white thinking. And it can be quite easy and alluring if we feel like we've slipped up and we're hard on ourselves or, you know, if we're working on this journey of self-acceptance and then we we go astray and we go back to our old habits where we aren't so loving and accepting, you know, we can look at that and go, Oh my gosh, I failed at this too. And, you know, that kind of black and white thinking can really impede our progress and make it so much harder on ourselves. A lot of times when I'm working with clients, I'm I'm pointing out how often they're adding their own self-insult to injury. And so it's, you know, it's a process and it's messy. And if we keep our eye on the prize, which is working on creating a good relationship with ourself every day, just like we nurture outside relationships. We have good days. We have bad days. We have days we don't treat others as well. And we have days we treat them well. But if we know that our end point, our end goal is to have a closer better connection that is healthy and loving and curious and compassionate with ourselves, then I think every time we stray, we can know that's part of growth and be okay with that and be loving in ourselves in that process or toward ourselves so that we can keep moving toward accepting ourselves.
0: You brought up a really good uh, topic right here, and that's black and white thinking. And I know um, I've written about this and it's very important to understand what it is when you're dealing with anxiety, which is another one of your specialties. Uh, something that I'm passionate about. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about, first of all, I guess, what is black and white thinking and some examples of black and white thinking that we do kind of on a daily basis?
1: Yeah. So, well, quickly, what I will share is a motto I try and remember is go for the gray, because as I've shared in in the past, um, a lot of us really want to know what's coming. And black and white thinking is alluring because then we can say, things are this way or they're that way. And that's it. There's no in between. And then we feel like, okay, at least I know what my options are, what might happen. And that makes us feel more confident and secure. And I, as you know, I have shared, I had generalized anxiety and I struggle as a recovering perfectionist. And I'm definitely drawn to, you know, put this in this box and this in that box. And then that feels safe. Um, And an example would be like, if I mess up, let's say, I remember I was really hard on myself, especially during my training in graduate school. And perhaps I'd have a great day of seeing clients minus one client when I give an interpretation saying, no, that's not quite it. And I might just focus on that and and walk away going, gosh, I'm not good at this as a clinician. And if you have that tunnel vision, it's like you really um, have this all or none thinking where you're not able to say Today, I was mostly good. I had one point where I messed up and I can learn from that. But in general, I'm a good enough therapist, right? So it's this all or none type thinking. Um, and that can really get us into trouble because even though that gives us a sense of control and security and predictability, it comes at a great cost because then we we can become pretty rigid and nothing is ever black and white. Nothing is ever perfect or extremely Awful forever on all points. There's usually, I mean, perhaps there is, but usually there's some in between, and and therein lies our way to acknowledge how we feel and accept it without going to extremes with negative self talk.
0: Something else you brought up, um, along with the black and white thinking, was you know trying to put things in a box and you know kind of trying to prepare yourself for everything that's coming. So you understand it and you can be ready. And I know I've written about this and I had a, a gigantic struggle with this for such a long time. And I still do at times. So um, I had created this little motto of preparing for the worst doesn't prepare you for the worst, nor does it prepare you for the best. And I think that kind of fits into what you were saying is that if we're trying to put things in a box, if we're trying to, to to foresee everything that's coming and be ready, life is going to pass us by you know, uh, we're not going to be able to accept who we are because we're constantly trying to analyze what's coming, try and figure out how we're going to deal with it. And then if we don't deal with it right, then we're shaming ourselves. And, you know, we're back in this extreme thinking of how bad we are. So that really kind of hit home when you were talking about just a few minutes ago there. I'm like, yeah, I know exactly what she means.
1: Yeah. I refer to it as a, I call it a barbed wire blanket of control where it's like you keep pulling the covers up because it feels safer to be in control. But man, do we suffer? when we keep going to that as our way to cope. And so I think that especially for trauma survivors, we want to know what is coming. We're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, you know, it's hard to feel happy. It's scary. What about the down? What's coming next? You know, it's, it's hard to feel safe. And typically we can become, you know, control and predictability uh, can be our best friend. And so it's it's a very tough thing to let go of. And that's why I think it's so important not just to focus on where did this come from and what are some helpful skills, but taking care of yourself in the journey, being a little bit curious instead of saying, oh, there I go again with being so controlling or, you know, I, I had to make sure it, it happened this way. And I know I frustrated friends and family because I was being rigid. Well, how about a little curiosity and compassion for where did this come from? Because I think no matter what we're doing Things don't usually develop out of the blue. It comes from a coping strategy that at one point was a survival strategy, most likely. And so we can really cling to that survival strategy because it was our best friend. It was our oxygen. It was our escape ladder. It was our way out to keep people happy and get through some tough times. So those habits die hard. And we can carry those, though, those rules we create and, and those coping strategies into the present. But if we don't assess if they're still as necessary as when they were created, that's when the very coping strategy that helped us can actually thwart our growth and our happiness in the current moment.
0: I was thinking while you were talking just now about being curious and, you know, about everything and coming from a trauma survivor perspective, which, of course, you know, it's one of the things that you specialize in. One of the things that I'm all about as well, being curious about what what's happening and why it's happening and how we can understand how a strategy of survival was was necessary then but maybe needs to be adjusted now can be like extremely difficult it can be scary for for survivors of trauma when you're working through your healing journey so maybe talk a little bit if you can why is it so scary i think to be curious about things and not you know rather than just embracing this is how it was. This is what saved me. So I, I need to keep doing this, rather than saying, "Well, maybe there's a little bit of a different way to to look at this and and to kind of look at myself."
1: Yeah, such a great question. I think that it's really important to understand how essential that coping skill was at some time, especially if trauma happened when you're a child. You know, we're trying to make sense of senseless things. The world doesn't feel safe. We have interpretations of things to try and make sense of it. And unfortunately, oftentimes that is blaming ourselves because, you know, if our own attachment figures or closest friends or someone like that, you know, is doing something, then um, we don't feel safe. It's very hard to wrap our head around this. So we can go to a place of self-blame and criticism of ourself over curiosity and that really hurts. And, and you know, it's really so painful for us. Another thing is I think that if you've gone through trauma, if you're prone to anxiety, for, you know, especially for that. But even if you're just human, it's really uncomfortable for a lot of people to slow down and show up in the moment and find out what's going on in your body. You know, am I feeling safe? Am I feeling comfortable? If my heart's racing, is my brain going into fight or flight mode and saying, "Uh uh-oh, something bad will happen? And then that increases my heart rate. And then my brain goes, "Uh uh-oh, something really bad's going to happen. And that increases even more. It can get into this vicious cycle where I think, The key a lot of times is to change things and shift out of that into, um, you know, getting back in control and feeling like we have an opportunity to respond versus just react to things. And that takes slowing down, breathing and trying to shift out of that and be curious. Um, And I, I do have to say, I really appreciate you as a trauma survivor and, you know, coming out and being open about this because so many people go through such incredibly Rough experiences in their life, and they can feel so isolated. And I think that's another reason why it might be hard. There's a lot of unfortunate stigma and blaming survivors. And so people might feel ashamed of their story. They might feel if they've got intense PTSD, disconnected from relationships, like, you know, the way I heard combat vets talk about it too, is walking around like a ghost among the living. And it can be really hard to feel like you can face these things if you don't have coping skills and safe connections for support as well.
0: I thought to myself as you were uh, talking there for just a minute, man, that sounds like me. Man, that sounds like me. And one of the things that I think you were getting at in terms of slowing down and breathing and being present, of course, is mindfulness. How can using mindfulness really help us get grounded, get focused, um, stay in the present and be able to be more curious rather than just staying in this rigid um, victim type of uh, mindset rather than kind of branching out a little bit to try and find alternative ways of thinking and feeling and dealing with our past and and getting the courage to to reach out for help, which is just like incredibly difficult. I mean, it was so unbelievably scary for me to reach out for help the first time that I did. But once I did, I'm like, wow, this wasn't so bad. And wow, this is really cool. And you know, you know, this person gets it, and so it was incredibly healing. But it was so difficult initially to just even get to that point.
1: And my hat is off to you. That is not an easy call to make at all. And again, putting your story out there to inspire others and let them know they're not alone. Truly, you're my hero. So thank you. Um, when it comes to mindfulness, I think that um, you know, if we try this on, for example, try saying, um, "I am bad," or. I'm unsafe or anything like this that would rattle us. Okay, if we if we say that to ourselves and we believe it is true because we tend to believe what our brain says about us, especially if it's negative, that's a pretty awful feeling and our body's going to react. Well, what if we say, I had the thought that I am bad. I had the thought that I am unsafe and start to pull back and defuse a bit from these thoughts and kind of get back in the driver's seat so that we're not just reacting reflexively, automatically, and habitually, that we might have a chance to choose how we'd like to respond. And then I think we, we can practice being a little bit curious, showing up in the moment, seeing how it is to sit with these feelings. Because typically what can get in the way is if we're in fight or flight mode, and remember when you've had a traumatic experience, Your brain is like a sponge that takes in anything and everything associated with the trauma, sights, sounds, smells, uh, time of year, time of day, temperature, everything. And when you come across something like that again in the future, it can trigger that. And if we are intensely triggered, we can even have flashbacks and feel like we're reliving the trauma. But to slow down, get grounded in the moment and see right now we're most likely uncomfortable but not unsafe. Whereas typically we'd like to run, avoid, and escape if we can start to learn that we can be safe, that this panic and anxiety will go away, that we can sit in our body and experience these feelings and know that our brain's giving us false alarms. I think that's where mindfulness can be a really powerful thing as well as cognitive behavioral therapy because then you're increasing your confidence knowing you can't sit with these things and really these can be false alarms.
0: Yeah, they most definitely can, and that that's something I really had to learn, and something that it really is an ongoing journey of embracing, you know, not only what mindfulness is and how it can help, but understanding that it's a process, and and you have to take time to practice these skills. It's not just a one and done, you know, a couple therapy sessions, and you know you're good to go, and. I've, I've learned throughout my journey just the importance of slowing down and how that kind of ties into obviously mindfulness, but also on our main topic, how it ties into loving yourself. Because when you actually slow down and you become present and, and you keep an open mind and you become curious, that kind of black and white thinking can start to disappear a little bit and you can reframe it and, and replace it with that curious mindset, with that, Hey, maybe I'm not so helpless. Maybe I, maybe things aren't so hopeless, and that can you know um, really start to lead to this feeling of accepting yourself and saying, yeah, you know, what I went through was hard as hell, and it was traumatic and horrible and terrible. But maybe there is a little bit of hope, right? Like maybe there's something around the corner that I can focus on that isn't keeping me stuck in this black and white victim type of mentality that has been you know my story for so long.
1: Yeah, I think when you show up in the present moment and you're willing to not be kind of replaying the past or planning the future, you just allow yourself to be here. You're bravely allowing your thoughts and feelings to be present as well that are occurring in the moment. Uh, this is why I have a framed I have framed art in my office, my therapy office, or it's a, at my practice. It's like a a snail and there's a rabbit riding it <laughs> like a horse almost, and it's like this is us. I feel like we are you know, going, standing at the reins, like, come on, just go, go. And the snail's going slowly in the picture. And, um, you know, I feel like we really do just want to get to the next moment and stay distracted sometimes if we don't feel confident we can handle these feelings. And it takes a real, you know, courageous leap into the gray. And out of that predictable, you know, all or none, black or white thinking that feels so safe, although it can come at a great cost in our life, to, to allow ourselves to, to be curious and that's part of where GoFriend yourself came from is, is the ability to turn that care toward ourselves and take care of ourselves the way we would a best friend, and saying this is hard and and I know it's scary and you can do this and being willing to to try out things, but it really takes that compassion because if we're hard on ourselves or we're saying why are why are you still going back to your old ways, you know, it, it's really hard to grow and feel supported, especially if we don't have a strong support network outside of ourselves already. If we're all we've got and we're influenced by our every thought and feeling, really what would it be like to invest in that relationship to support you in, in your journey of healing?
0: I love that. That's incredible. I want to definitely get to your blog, which you mentioned is GoFriend Yourself." Before we get there, I wonder if you might be able to offer some, some tips or strategies, some easy, easy things that people can do when they're just starting to embrace this idea of loving themselves and um, accepting themselves? Are there some things that maybe somebody is just getting to a point where they're saying, well, maybe I can be a little curious, or maybe they're still really um, honestly afraid to be curious and they're still really stuck in the uh, self-defeating mindsets and the trauma?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I think with the motivation to want to do that, it it is a huge shift sometimes for people from where they are now. So noticing why it's important to us because if we're trying to give up our best friends of being hard on ourselves or, you know, our best friend of control or perfectionism or predictability, I think knowing the why, whatever that is to each person that's personally meaningful, uh, they'd be willing to give up some of these things. What is it they would like their life to be like envisioning that? And I really, you know, an interesting thing was as a psychologist, I did not plan I plan to help others, but I did not know I would be as inspired and feel so connected with just humanity, I guess. Um, After my experiences, it's interesting. It's like I see all these people come in and everyone is struggling with something. I've realized we're not alone and we all do struggle with something. No matter what we might look like, what our job title is, when we're out in public, you might not ever know what someone's going through. So please do know you're not alone. And to struggle is human and to ask for help is courageous, truly not weak, not a failure. Um, And so, you know, it's like, if you look at, you used to do the sports podcast, if you look at, you know, sports teams, they have sports nutritionists, sports psychologists, massage therapists, they have, you know, everything coaches to, to do well. And I feel like in our own life, we deserve and need a lot of support. And so, um, you know, just kind of having a mindset. There are skills that they can do, but the mindset of being potentially kind to yourself and experimenting with that, you know, potentially if we look at it as an experiment versus this is a life shift. And once I do this, I'm not going back. I always joke, look, you've been acting a certain way with yourself for years, if not decades. So don't worry if you try this and you don't like it, you can go back to your old ways. You won't forget it. (laughs) So if you're willing to venture out and try this, as an experiment, and know that change takes time and it's a process. And then, if you fall off, you know your your path. Thinking, what would I say to a close friend, and trying that on yourself. Um, and there's so many great resources. You know, I love Brene Brown's TED talks on shame and vulnerability. There's really great apps to keep us focused on whatever our goals are. To you know, take ourselves off the back burner and focus on ourselves. I think there's actually still a stigma around self care. Um, you know, as long as we're busy and taking care of others, it's okay, but to focus on ourself. But if you think about that, would you talk to your child or a friend in a way that discouraged them or shame them for taking care of themselves? Probably not. You'd probably support them. Um, and so I think, you know, knowing it's a journey and giving yourself permission and knowing it's messy, um, but really considering how you would talk to people you love as you start to try and figure out what that would sound like with you. And if you feel guilty, especially if you are a parent or you do have someone close to you in your life, you know, even if you don't feel like you want to do this or deserve it for yourself, something I often ask clients is, what do you want to model for your children? What do you want to model for people you care about, your close friends, your loved ones? And that sometimes is almost like the gateway to compassion for themselves because they're willing then to try it on for someone else. But then they might do that experiment, reap the benefits and see this might work for them truly for themselves as well.
0: That was a monumental shift for me when you were talking about self-care and how you mentioned that, you know, so often where we are so easy to shame ourselves and blame ourselves and criticize something that didn't work or why we didn't do this right. But then but then um, when that um, idea was brought to me of, well, if somebody came to you and said they were doing this, well, you know, how would you react to them? And I'm thinking, well, I wouldn't tell them everything that I'm telling myself, right? right. And right. so- When you actually start to embrace that and be like, well, if you're going to tell somebody something and it's good, healthy insight and advice, then, you know, why is it not good for you? Right. So I, that was (laughs) life, life changing for me. I'm like, wow, you know what? You're right. I must feel like a hypocrite if I'm encouraging somebody, but I'm just, you know, beating myself all to hell every day for everything that I'm doing wrong. So I love what you said there. I think that was just amazing. And that's the mindset I think is, is the big key here of the mindset of, embracing that you can heal and that it's going to take a long time. It's going to be messy and dirty and, you know, it's going to be difficult, but you can do it and that there's hope and that other people do it and that you're not alone. Like those are just the foundations of healing, you know, that I've discovered and, you know, things that just have been transformative to me. And I just, so I'm glad you brought that up because it was just so important. I'm like, wow. Yeah, that's me. That's me.
1: (laughs) Oh, Thank you. Yeah. I think a good question to ask ourselves is would we be friends with uh, someone else? who treated us the way that we do treat ourselves.
0: Right on, right?
1: <laughs> and sometimes that answer is definitely a no. Not the way I talk to myself. I wouldn't want that person around, but you know, some of us have grown in that journey and they would love to have someone like that around. So I hope that's where we can all get to, but and and we might fall back to that way of treating ourselves that's unkind, but again, we can always come back to whatever it is that's important to us that we're working on.
0: That is just so true. And I think this whole healing journey is really a journey and it's trial and error. And you're going to fall down and you're going to get tripped up and you're going to come at the roadblocks. And it's going to be, you know, well, this didn't work. Well, let me try this. And well, maybe I kind of took a couple steps backward today, but I can still keep going. So embracing that, it's okay to screw up in that you're going to have bad days. And that even the most seasoned person who, you know, works on a healing journey 24 hours a day is going to have a bad day now and then. So it's okay. To really just kind of stumble a little bit, but you get back up, you dust yourself off and you keep going. And I think that's really something that I try to embrace, something that, you know, I'm sure you share a lot with your clients and just something I think is good advice for everybody.
1: And I think that key question is in our journey, are we, what are we willing to experience? And are we, if we're just uncomfortable, but not unsafe? You know, is that helpful to hang on to as we're trying these tough things? And I think we actually will – it'll be messy a lot. I always tell my clients, you know, when we talk about an idea to try out at home or something that they're thinking about doing, if it doesn't work, I said, please, please never worry about coming back in to tell me that. Don't ever feel stressed or anxious because it's not like you failed. It's not like you messed up. Truly, you're courageously trying anything. I mean, I think you win right there. You're courageously trying. And that is such a brave thing to do, especially to try something new, especially when it comes to our self-love and growth. And also I feel like that gets us not as a failure or going backwards. I feel like it's progress because then we're, we're realizing that didn't work. We're one step closer to understanding and realizing what will work for that particular person because we all grow in really different ways.
0: Perfectly said. You are exactly right. And I think that's something that we can all as survivors, as we're going through our journey, really embrace. One more thing here before we start to wrap this up is, um, let's talk about your blog a little bit, which of course is gofriendyourself.com. And, um, of course I will put all the links in the uh, show notes, but tell us a little bit about why you started it, what it's about and why there's an emphasis on yourself being really two words.
1: Sure. And yet, yeah, did you want me to talk about the blog or the podcast?
0: Both, right? Why not?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. And so, why? thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about why it's two words. I really did uh, think about that. Um, You know, I know people are more familiar and probably assume it's go friend yourself as one word. But then the emphasis was, you know, do this to yourself, be your own friend versus separating the words your and self to me had more of an emphasis on the process of accepting, loving and owning the unique self that is us. So it was, you know, that more kind of like spiritual or existential self to friend that self. So I wanted to keep the words separate. I don't know if that made sense to you, but I'm trying to find good ways to explain it. Yep, it did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and yeah, I just, uh, based on that five minute TED talk I listened to and realizing that so much of what I'm working on in my own life, what I know friends and family are, what, you know, uh, goes on with clients, that's a, one of the biggest struggles. I thought maybe we can really just maybe i can create go friend yourself as a podcast and do some blog posts on that aspect of our mindset and our relationship with ourselves you know as we're working on whatever goals are important to us because i think that we do really invest in our career and outside relationships but for all of those to really thrive working on ourselves is important like, you know, like they say, the oxygen mask drop down when a plane, you know, loses elevation. And we want to go put that oxygen mask on everyone else, but then we're going to pass out. So we have to take care of ourselves first. We have to put the oxygen on ourselves first. Then we can take care of the children and older people or whoever needs help, um, you know, without tapping ourselves too much. Right. So I think that uh, the, The journey of knowing you can be at the front and center of your care and your attention and that relationship with yourself is a worthy investment. And I know it's not easy for many of us, especially if we haven't always had good messages about how worthy we are of love and care and respect um, and feeling valued by others you might be the first person really giving yourself this love and respect and a safe relationship you may never have had before. So that is something I think that deserves all the support it can get.
0: Well said, Dr. Baker, this has been incredible. The time just flew by. I would love to dive into some more of this on a future show with you and talk some more about anxiety and survivors. That would be incredible.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate it. And, um, yeah, I hope this is helpful for your listeners and uh, they can feel free to join me at any time. But I would love to come back and talk with you again. I really appreciate what you're doing. It's amazing.
0: Thank you so much. And I would be honored to have you back anytime on the show. So why don't we wrap up? You can share um, if you like where people can find you on social media. Anything else you'd like to share in closing?
1: Thank you. So, yeah, I'd love if they'd connect with me. So uh, my website is GoFriendYourselfDoc. Dot com and doc is d-o-c and from there you can check out the podcast and blog and learn a little bit about me uh if you'd like to hear the podcast that's on itunes and and most podcast players you can either search dr baker which is pretty easy or you can search go Friend yourself but please do remember yourself is two words and uh, i'm also on instagram as go Friend yourself doc and on twitter as dr baker phd so i'd love to connect with you guys and i really appreciate you listening
0: Thanks for listening to Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Information shared on this podcast should not be considered as a substitute for professional medical help or mental health counseling. If you've ever considered working with a certified coach, or if you simply have questions about how working with a coach can benefit you, just head on over to beyondyourpast.com for more information and to schedule your free introductory session. From overcoming trauma to working your way through that major life transition, We'll work together to figure out what's holding you back so that you can realize your full potential and discover the authentic you. Remember, you are worth it. Achieving your goals and waking up each day knowing that you can handle what's coming and thrive is something that everyone deserves. So take that first step and contact me today and let's do this. Talk to you soon.